podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. And tonight I'm here with Louis Ragoni. Hello, hello. And Jim Johnson. Hello, everybody. We're going to discuss a little bit about training camp and um, some of the things going on. We're not going to get too deep into it because, quite frankly, it's kind of early to do so. I mean, it's only been a week, so... With that, there was some breaking news today, and I'm going to throw it right to Jim Johnson to let him tell you about it. Ah, you're going to throw me right into the fire, eh? Throwing you right into the fire. That's all right. Yeah, today, uh, after you know a whopping four days of camp, we uh, they relieved our offensive line coach of his duties today. Pat Flaherty was was relieved, and uh, you know. Uh, Dave Guglielmo was put into his position, and uh, you know he's he comes from the Patriots. He's coached for the Jets and the Colts. Uh, he's had and some, us <laughs> and us and us in the past, yes. And you know he's been like an advisor this year, so he's on. He's been in involved with uh, what's going on, and I guess the gist of uh, what was going on was Flores and company wasn't happy with the way. Flaherty was installing the offensive line play, and uh, I guess either they just didn't like what he was doing or he wasn't getting the message across. So it's still early, and uh, we'll see what Dave can do with this group moving forward. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting that he would make that move, you know, uh, during camp. But I think if you're going to make a move, this is the time to make it because you've got time to recover from it. You know, the scheme's not changing. It's just the... Uh, instructions. So hopefully it'll help the guys uh, master the techniques a little quicker than they may have had they not made the change. So we'll see how that goes. Some other developments uh, you guys want to talk about, what you think of uh, Bobby McCain playing safety. Lou, why don't you take that one? It's interesting to say the least. It's it's a surprise to a lot of people. He's not big in stature. Uh, he's a small guy playing a position that we have two much bigger players back there in regard to McDonald and uh, Rashad Jones. With that being said, with the way the league is nowadays with the spread offenses and the wide receivers that are just running all over the place with all kinds of speed, uh, maybe it's something that a lot of teams are going to adapt to, going with smaller, faster guys that can cover more of the field and uh, match up with – receivers in the slot because you know if you look around the league and um, you get away from the tight end position you know there are teams that have just outstanding tight ends but past those few teams that have that luxury you know they're lining up in multiple wide receiver sets so with that being said I mean maybe they're you know they're getting a step ahead of the game by doing this Uh, that's the only thing I can you know figure out in regard to why they would do something like that. And supposedly he's doing the job well. So, you know, we'll see going forward exactly how that all, you know, unravels. Well, he certainly is going to provide more range. So, I mean, that would be why you do it. Uh, he's not a bad tackler. It's not like he can't tackle. 
Uh, you just worry about him running up against somebody 50 pounds heavier than him and, and you know, being durable and be able to uh, withstand that week to week. Right. And, and again, you know, if you're lining up, if you're putting him on guys in the slot, they're usually the smaller receivers. Yeah, the, lost Jim. Yeah. the other thing with the safety position is it gives, you know, at safety, you have a little bit more time to react and, you know, see where you're going. Uh, when he was in the slot and out there on the boundary last year, he, he kind of got exposed a bit and it wasn't all that successful. So while he's undersized, you know, he might have some success because he can see a play better and know where it's headed before he has to has to be there. So that, that may help that. He's an intelligent player, and I think that's one of the reasons why they want him back there. Yeah, the communication is key back yeah. there. Yeah, the, the the bigger question is once you move him back there, you know who plays that other corner and who in fact plays the nickel position. Uh, you know, you're you're talking about a lot of guys competing for a few positions there in regard to being starters on this team. And you know, Minka Fitzpatrick is another guy that you know where where do you guys see him playing? He's got to be on the field. I think he's the nickel. In my opinion, you can't take him off the field on any down. He's got to be starting on defense and playing all three downs. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see exactly where, you know, where all these guys are fitting in because McCain does throw a big monkey wrench in. You know, does McDonald sit more? Is it Rashad Jones that's going to be sitting more? You know, you just – it's interesting, to say the least. Well, you know, there's also the possibility they play more than – your typical, you know, four defensive backs. You're going to take linebackers off the field, and maybe McDonald uh, fills in for one of those guys. So, yeah, we've we've got 16 or 17 defensive backs on the roster right now. So they're obviously going to run, like you say, Mike, with five, maybe six DBs on the field at one time. So, you know, McCain's not going to be left out there to hang. So. It's, we're just going to have to see how they implement this defense. So it's going to be interesting, you know, to see who makes the final 53. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice seeing both McDonald and Rashad Jones in there at linebacker? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be pretty it, – it'd be interesting to say the least to where, you know, you have McCain running around, you know, in the secondary and you have those guys coming up closer to the line of scrimmage. And uh, it, it'd be interesting. It really would. It would be interesting. I don't know if it would be successful. Well, I mean, our linebackers, you know, you look at them, the guys that are in camp right now, I mean, how many guys are capable of covering tight ends and running backs out of the backfield and, you know, slot receivers and whatnot. So maybe they're looking at it as, you know what, we've got an abundance of solid players in the secondary and we don't have an abundance of solid covering linebackers. So maybe this is the route we go. I mean, it's all speculation, but yeah, I mean, you know, they, they've been working on red zone and they've been working on goal line and uh, Kiko Alonso has been off the field and uh, McMillan's been off the field. So, I mean, it's possible. We'll see. Yeah, the the new guy, Sam uh, Aguvin, has been pl- getting a lot of playing time. Yes, yes, yeah. and apparently doing pretty well. Yes, he's he's been doing well. That's one of the bright spots in camp so far is his play. What are your guys' thoughts about the offensive line, uh, specifically you, Jim? Do you, do, you, do you think you have a starting line figured out? Do you think they have it figured out? 
You know, I really, I really don't. It's all in flux to me. Uh, other than Tunzel at left tackle, you know, you're probably going to have Chris Reed in the mix. You're probably going to have Jordan Mills in the mix. From there, you know, you got your center Daniel Kilgore is your your biggest, longest tenured veteran, but. You know, there's speculation that Chris Reed could take some of his snaps away. And uh, yeah, I'm not a Kilgore fan. I've made that pretty clear. Yeah, just, I mean, just, everything I've seen of him doesn't excite me. You know, I, I just don't think he's all that good. Yeah, it's the same thing. He's never had a great season, really. He's never had a many complete seasons. He's been injured. Like I say, I'd love to see one of these younger guys step up to the plate. You know, uh, even the the uh, Michael Dieter that we drafted, he's got potential at center as well. So the key thing that I see with... I, I think I want to leave him at guard. <laughs> yeah, well, I do as well. But yeah. the thing that I see and what Flores is doing with his defensive backs, with his linebackers, with his offensive linemen, he wants them all to rotate. He wants them all to be flexible in what they're capable of doing. You know, well, you know you with can't, the amount of injuries that you have, you have to do that. Exactly, exactly. And there's some of the linemen, you know, the stirrups out there, uh, you know, that's Lou's favorite dolphin right now. Mm -hmm. These guys, you got to find what they're capable of doing well and either plug them in there and leave them or you got to get them off the team. So I just, I just don't know where this line is going, you know, past Laramie Tunzel. Yeah, uh, you're right on. Uh, Chris Reed and Jesse Davis, I would assume, are going to be the two guards that are starting simply because there's just not a lot behind them. I mean, you would hope that Dieter steps up, but you know, he's got a few games to prove himself. And I don't know if he, he'll really start the season unseating Reed. I think Reed will wind up starting. I think Davis will wind up starting. And that right tackle position, you know – could be ugly. It's It could be ugly. I mean, you almost got to figure it's going to be Mills. And, you know, you're not you, – you're looking at that, and then you're looking at the loss of Dwayne Allen, who was going to be one of – probably one of your better blocking players across that line, regardless of the fact he was a tight end. He was brought in to do that. Right. And you've lost him. And where are you at now? So the offensive line – is probably the weakest position on this team right now. I would say by far, you know, defensive end is probably right behind that. It's, you know, you're looking at this roster and you're like, wow. I mean, let's hope some of these guys really, really step up because as you mentioned, Stirrup is our backup right now at basically both tackle positions. And, and that's scary in itself. That's scary as hell. That's beyond scary, Mike. I mean, that's a... That's that's six horror movies wrapped up in the one. Yeah, it's not pretty. It's not pretty for sure, Lou. And that right tackle is the weak link as far as I'm concerned. And has anybody heard anything that what Isaiah Prince is doing? I was hoping that he would be a usable right tackle. Too but, soon. But yeah. they did sign, you know, Will Holden. So, yeah. uh, right, Holden. He's he, he's more of a guard, though, isn't he? No, I think he's a tackle. Is he a tackle? Yeah. Okay, I thought I thought he played more guard than he did tackle. I could be wrong on that, but you know, regardless of the fact that it's, you know it is going to be a, it, probably the biggest weakness on this team, and let's just hope that a couple of these guys you know progress quicker than what you know than what we're expecting, and you know challenge guys like Reed and Davis. Yeah. So we'll see. And then then we didn't even talk about really center 
we did slightly, but with Kilgore, you know, like you guys mentioned, I mean, you know, that's not a big strength either. So, you know, you're looking across this line and you're like, man, oh man. The interior is shaky and right tackle is shaky. And uh, that's going to be, that's going to be tough for whoever wins the quarterback competition. Right. And then, you know, you're limited if you have to bring in one of the better blocking tight ends and he's got to stay in the block consistently to help out that right tackle, which I assume is going to happen. Then you're taking away, you know, players down the field. You know, it's that simple. You know, you're a little bit better to defend in that situation. So it it hurts you. There's no question about it. And at some point, they're really going to have to address this. Uh, Obviously, it, it didn't happen this year, but at some point, you know, they, they've got to figure it out. They, we've got to start getting some real solid players in here to, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to go along with Tunzel. So, yeah, yeah it, would, it wouldn't shock me to see some more turnover before we actually get to uh, September 8th. What, as far as picking up guys that get yeah. cut? Yeah. You know, it's a good possibility, yes. Yeah, when t- other teams start shedding players to, uh, you know, cut down, that that's probably when we'll start doing something. There's no question. And, you know, you, you almost have to sign Tunsil at this point. You really do. Because if you if you take that step backwards, you, know, you, you can basically replace five guys next year, you know, across this line, depending on whether a guy emerges or not. You know, I don't see anything in regard to a guy like Davis or – uh, Reed being around here for well, any, they any seem great to like time. Davis. I'm not sure. Is that about right? It. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I do think they like him. I think he's somebody they see as developing. Well, let's uh, hope that's the case. And, and Dieter, you know, I mean, there's always a chance that, that he can play. Mm-hmm. So it may not be as bad as it feels, but uh, it's still not good. All right. This is what Davis's fourth year, Mike? A third year. This is his third year. Okay. Well, this is a make-or-break year for him, too, Yeah, I, I think guess. so. Yeah, pretty so. much. So the quarterback competition, talk at camp, of course, is, is Fitzpatrick. has uh, looked better in most of the practices, I guess, all but one. Uh, but I think I would expect that, you know? You've, you've got a, a second-year player, uh, you know, going against a guy with, what, 15 years' experience? So, I mean, I would think that Fitzpatrick should look better. But the thing about Rosen is uh, I'm not sure he's bringing to the table what they'd like to see him bring to the table. So we'll have to see. I mean, I'm hearing he's not throwing any balls outside. I'm hearing that he's not throwing with great velocity. Uh, So we'll have to see how that all shakes out. It's, you know, the first week of camp, I'm not getting too excited over it. I'm kind of in agreement with you. There's no surprise to me at all that Fitzpatrick is looking better early in camp. I mean, he's done this 14 other years in a row. He knows the drill. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. And, you know, while he's got to learn a new playbook, uh, he's seen a lot of different playbooks. And he can absorb those because it's just a different twist on the same play. Uh, While Rosen kind of got thrown into the fire last year and... I think he got cooked pretty well. So it's going to be difficult, well, maybe not difficult, but slow for him to get that swagger and confidence back that you got to have as a quarterback. So, you know, I'm not surprised at all that, that Ryan is ahead of him at this point. But, you know, he's going to need to start improving pretty soon. You know, the thing about Rosen is this, is that at some point, you know, he's got to show us things over the course of this uh, preseason. 
You know, we want to see things out of him. And that's all you can really ask of him. You don't want to get into a position where we're making excuses for him. You know, he does have a year behind him now. Um, you know, he, he's not a rookie. He did play. He got a very, very good amount of playing time, even though it was not a great offense, not a great coaching staff. But he knows the speed of the game because that's the thing that the players, the rookies talk about the most is the adjustment to the speed of the game. So he's familiar with that now. So he's got that hurdle out of his way. So now going forward, he's got to start showing us things. And, you know, Fitzpatrick is what he is. He's a journeyman quarterback. He's not a star. He's, you know, he's an average quarterback. He's a fun guy to watch, but he's been an average quarterback across his career. Now, if Rosen goes through this season and, and doesn't compete against this guy at some point, then, you know, I've said it over and over again, we've got a problem and we've got to move forward from there. Because, you know, in today's NFL, you're either here or you're gone. You know, you either start stepping up or you're gone. People move on, teams move on, coaches move on. You don't have that patience anymore in regard to the game itself, in regard to organization. So at some point, this guy has to start showing us something. And, um, you know, we'll be, you know, they are going to be somewhat patient with him, but we do want to see glimpses of of good football play. Whereas, yeah, you, you don't want seven years worth of patience. Well, <laughs> Mike, not even, you know, I mean, we go if we go through this season and we don't see Rosen playing at some point, it's a problem. I it's, think it's he, a, I think he's going to play at some point. What you want to see, as far as I'm concerned, is progression. Right, but my, what I'm saying is, is if you don't see him, and I understand what you're saying, I believe he's going to play at some point too. But if you don't see him playing, then there's definitely a problem because. You know, all that stuff that they talk about in regard to in training camp and you get all this talk, you know, from the press and whatnot, I'm not buying into any of that crap. You know, when we start seeing preseason games and he's going to be working with the second team players, and sometimes that's a better thing because, you know, the, the first team guys are going out there and they're half-assing it. They're not going to go out there and bust bust their asses. They're going to go out there. They know their starters. They know for the most part you've got your starting skill position players in place. So he's going to be in a position to where he's going to be working with guys that are fighting for positions. So he should be able to move the team when he gets his playing time during this preseason. And that's what I want to see out of him. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but we don't want to see a guy coming on the field and going three and out. You know, we want to see him making plays out there. I'd feel like I was missing something if I didn't see three and out. Boy, <laughs> you you mean there's more to football than three and outs? <laughs> uh, we, we don't want to go through years of Tannehill again, no, is, I, is you, what I'm why trying did to you, say. Why did you the, say his name? The punter's been our favorite player. I mean, Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So no, I I agree with you guys. I don't. I'm not going to baby this kid. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't a huge fan of Rosen coming out last year. So you know, my my opinion isn't really altered at all. But you know, I'm not going to dismiss him either. I want to see him succeed. I just uh, like you say, Lou. We need to see him make some plays. So when he starts doing that, I'm sure he'll get more playing time. Yep. I mean, he, he has ability. He's got to play. He's got to make it happen, and uh, we know all about that. So, if he can do something, we'll see. If he can do something on third down in the fourth quarter, that would be good. 
That's it. Yes. That's it. I mean, at any point, you know, you, you, you want to see him getting the ball down the field, the guys. You know, you never saw that out of out of Tannehill. You, sto- you saw it in spots, but never con- on a consistent basis. You know, you'd see a great throw. Hey, Lou, and then, and then hey, Lou let me interrupt you for one second. Go ahead. Did you already forget the offensive line conversation? Yes, I, I, I <laughs> listen, I totally understand that. But let me tell you something in regard to last year. If you watched games, Jim, there, there were opportunities there for our quarterback to make plays. And our offensive line was not great last year, but there were opportunities in games, especially early in games when they, they were still tight back and forth. And you're seeing a quarterback not being able to convert. And there were times where the offensive line did break down, but I can guarantee you about 50% of the time, maybe even more so, it was on the quarterback last year. He had ample time to make plays and didn't get the job done. So, you know, I would expect that the coaching staff will at least put people out there that'll somewhat get the job done. Maybe we'll be surprised. Last year, I was surprised at times by the offensive line play, at least for three quarters of the game. You know, once once the game starts spiraling out of control, you know, you get in a position where the other the defense knows that you're going to be passing the ball right, and then, then it all over. falls right. apart. Yeah, but then it unravels. It unravels. But early in games last year, you go back and watch some of those games and we no. had opportunities. Well, I'm saying if you wanted to. I don't want to because uh, uh, I, I know I have a very, very <laughs> good memory in regard to what took place last year. And there were opportunities. So that's what we want to see. We want to see a guy that's not making the excuse in regard to, well, our offensive line sucks. Well, our receivers aren't. We don't have an A receiver. We want to see something out of the court. That's all I want. And I'll be happy because we know we're going to have deficiencies. But we want to see that, hey, you know what? This guy, he didn't get a lot of time, but boy, he still got rid of that football and put it on that receiver's hands. That's all I want to see from the guy. And I don't want to hear a bunch of crap about this and that. You know, we yeah. want you and you guys will be able to recognize that as easily as I will when you're watching games. So oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Lou. Uh, you know, every quarterback misses an open guy now and then, but y- you need to make more plays than than when you don't make plays. So and that's what was happening. You know, even when our line gave the quarterback time, good things didn't always happen. And then when the line did collapse, it was even worse. But you know, your quarterback has to make plays is what it boils down to. And, you know, it remains to be seen if Rosen is that guy or not. Well, I, think, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a little more focus on the running game with uh, Kalen Balazs and Chandler Cox and whoever else they bring in, uh, maybe Wilkins. <laughs> uh, but I think they're going to go big, and I think they're going to try and smash mouth a little bit and uh, maybe make it a little bit easier for the quarterback to, to make those decisions on third down. Right. Yeah. That fullback will be a nice change. I'm looking, no, I, I, I think so. I'm looking forward to that. A fullback will be, yeah. But again, Mike, you know, we're going back to the offensive line play, and, and the question again becomes – are they going to be capable of of doing just that? You know, moving guys around. Now, 
And you you look at the grades a lot more than I do in regard to last season. Now, our guards, the two guys we talked about earlier, do they grade out higher as pass blocking guards or run blocking guards? Where, where are the grades at in regard to that? They were terrible. I mean, they were all terrible. But look, here, the thing is, even with them being terrible, Gore was gaining yardage. So absolutely, you know, some, some right. of it's on the back. You know, they've got to get what's there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they can do that, then you know, with the with the fullback and uh, uh, Tunsil and and whoever they put next to Tunsil, you know, they they should be okay. I mean, they should be able to get three four yards of carry, regardless of who's blocking. Just you know, you've got to be able to do that. Yeah, they, so. Mike, it, that, that's a great point because if you look at the yards per carry on our running backs, the three top running backs, which were uh, Gore and Drake and then Balage, their, their average per carry was, was pretty good yeah. across the board. So they were capable of, of run blocking, and there were times where they did a pretty decent job of pass blocking, getting back to my point. So, you know, wouldn't it be fun at some point to where – God, if you do have a breakdown across the offensive line that the quarterback somehow makes, makes, a, play. A, makes a play at It'd it, be different. You know, and, and you don't have to have the perfect scenario for them to convert third downs. I mean, you know, you look around the league and there's not a there's not many quarterbacks that at times don't have breakdowns to where they recognize a blitz and a guy isn't picked up and they throw the ball down the field and they they make a big play from it. You just saw so few times, I mean, if ever, you know, that taking place last year. So those are the kind of things that you want to see out of Rosen in this preseason. You know, let, let's hope, you know, it develops into that. Hey, guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. Yep. Or Well, we're beating Tannehill up a little bit, and I don't think we should do that anymore because we've kind of covered that. Bridge. Let's let's talk about the wide receivers. I'm real still quick. bitter, Mike. I'm still I know, bitter. I know. Okay? It hurts. I'm sorry. It hurts. I'm sorry. It's going to take a while for me to get over it. Okay. <laughs> it hurts. And I'm sure Jim feels the same way. Uh you know, if you don't have anything good to say, say nothing, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, let's just let's just move on to another topic. All yeah. right, you gotcha. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Let's let's just cover the receivers real quick. We've got. You know, Albert Wilson, who I think is obviously going to make the team. We've got Kenny Stills, who should make the team. You've got Grant, who should make the team. Uh, Butler, I think, should make the team. Who else is going to make the team? Hmm. Jim, go ahead. I'll let you go here. Well, I figure Alan Hearns should make the team. They just signed him. He's got some experience. He is coming off another major injury, and that's the, the wild card with our wide receiver group is we've got three there that are coming off substantial injuries, Hearns, Wilson, Wilson and Grant. And, Grant. Uh-huh. and uh, so, you know, we don't know that these guys are going to be what they were last year. So this is all up in the air. And then we've got Mr. Glass uh, Parker. You know, we don't know if he'll make it through camp or through preseason or, you know, past the second game. So 
I feel they'll probably keep an extra receiver or two just to. I figured six. Yeah, to just to kind of pad their their resources there, and I do like the the big guy Preston Williams. Um, some guys have knocked his his speed and his you know technique per se, but he's got a huge catch radius, and he's six foot five, and uh, if something happens to Parker. Well, you can go to Williams to replace him. So, uh, well, he's somebody we got to watch in the preseason. We yeah, got to see how I, he how he uh, uh, maneuvers when he's you know getting pressed and all that kind of stuff. Exactly, exactly. And uh, you know, Bryce Butler has shown some pretty good play here and there. You know, he and and Isaiah Ford has been on and off the team for a while now. They've both showed flashes and glimpses, but nothing on a consistent basis. So. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be who steps well, up, who steps up. You know, yeah. Butler's a little older. I mean, you know, he's twenty nine. Ford's twenty three, uh, but Ford hasn't done anything. You know, he's he's been uh, hurt and had issues, and he just hasn't been able to hit the field. Butler, at least when you put him in there, he gets something done. So the question is, which way do you want to go? If you go with either of those two, you know, do you want to go with experience or do you want to go with youth? Yeah, well, that's why I like Williams, you know, but uh, I I don't know. I'm not impressed with Butler or Ford, but, you know, these are guys that have been around the roster and may stick for that reason. Yeah, well, how many receivers did they keep last year uh, for the most part? They had six. six. So yeah, you got to so. figure the, the first four are gimmies, uh, you know, Stills, Parker, Wilson, and Grant. And then you, you would hope that Preston Williams – is is the fifth and then it becomes you know who's your sixth you know Hearns I I don't know I mean he hasn't had a good season since 2015 he's hurt year in and year out his last three seasons I mean even in Dallas last year he played six in 16 games you know he started seven and uh, he had like 20 catches for 300 yards he had a couple of touchdowns he did not have a real productive year last year I mean I, you know, I, I'm not big on him. I, I would think that Butler would probably make the team over him. I think that Hearns was brought in just to have a little bit of um, a cushion insurance. there, yep. insurance policy in case Wilson or Grant aren't ready for the start of the season. And you've got a veteran guy in here that can maybe, you know, just fill, you know, fill, you know, fill the uh, spot until one of those guys becomes fully healthy. So, I think that's where we're at with those guys. I mean, I think the receiver group, it's, it's you know, that some of those other guys, I just don't see any of them even challenging to make the team, you know, with the exception of Williams. We Did we draft a receiver this year? No. We no, didn't. No. Right. I didn't think so. We, we did we just, just signed, We ahead. did just pick up that Saeed Blacknall, and uh, yes. we also have Trenton Irwin and Reese Horn. Yeah, I don't know much about any of those guys, right? But they brought them in for a reason, especially Black now. So, yes, uh, you know, they saw something they liked. So, if somebody like we mentioned earlier, if somebody steps up, then you know, Butler or Ford or Hearns would be out the door. Oh, big time! Yeah, in a heartbeat. There's no question about it. Um, you know, you would hope uh, we're all hoping that Preston Williams is the fifth, and then, like you said, Jim. There'll be, you know, one of those guys maybe emerges and we can get rid of, um, you know, a guy like a Butler or a, or a Hearns. We don't have to carry them on the roster for depth. You know, you have six solid guys, including a few young guys, you know. 
So the other option is you put Williams on the practice squad and uh, keep one of the veterans. Right, but isn't there always the chance that you lose him, Mike? Yes. If if you attempt to do yes, that, so. if somebody takes him, they have to put him on their active roster. Right. If they do that, then they're they, you know they so, should get him. So right, that's a risk. So let let's hope that they don't. He doesn't put them in that position to where he just flat out makes the team as right. the, as the fifth receiver on this right. club. You know? So, um, what else we got? Is that it? Tight end? You're going to talk about it all, Mike? Or no? I, there's not really much to talk about. Uh, that you know, uh, I mean, other than Smythe gained weight, he's now at 261 pounds instead of uh, the 250 or 252 he played at last year. Jacecki put on weight. Jacecki also put on about ten pounds. So yeah, you know they, they got a block, so they need to, they need to add the weight. Jim, we touched on it a little bit earlier with uh, McCain playing safety. Who's going to be our cornerback number two, and what are they going to do with the you know sixteen defensive backs they've got on the roster right now? I think Eric Rowe is the favorite, isn't he? Yeah, I think so as well. I just didn't know which, if you guys saw anybody uh, surprising them with taking his spot. Well, we'll see over the next four weeks. You know, if somebody starts stepping up, I think that job is there to be had if somebody, in fact, does do that. I mean, maybe Rose surprises us and plays above and beyond what we're expecting as well. So, you know, they've got enough in there, Jim, like you said. Lord knows they have a ton of them there. So you would hope that a few of these guys stick. You know, you throw a bunch of them at the wall and you hope a few of them stick and they actually become productive players for us. Um, I think the rest of that secondary, you know, minus that left cornerback position is pretty solid across the board. You know, you've got some real solid players and that's, you know, we're, we're hoping that McDonald and, and Rashad Jones are at full strength and playing up to what they they normally play in regard to their, you know, their, their uh, productive production level. But um, you know what you're going to get out of Xavier Howard and Fitzpatrick and McCain back there as well, you know, now is in the mix and he's looking pretty good. So I think the defense is going to be one of the few strengths that this team has. You guys the feel that way? The secondary. I mean, the mean? secondary. Yeah. What did I say? The defense. Yeah, yeah not the yeah. defense as a whole, but yeah, the secondary. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty good with Xavier Howard, obviously, as your number one guy, and that's phenomenal. Oh, that's good, Jim. And yeah, Jim. And thanks, yeah, really. I mean, I mean, how can you not be? But my big concern is depth at the boundary corner position, and oh, yeah. you know, yeah. we're we're going to be in a world of hurt if anything happens to the one and two guys. Uh, you know, you you start. Driving Dropping down, and you're, you know, you're looking. It happens to the one guy. We we may be in a world of hurt. Well, I was trying to be nice there, you know, because you know, Cornell Armstrong, Tory McTire, you know, Jalen Davis, Jamal Wiltz, Tyler Patman, and and there's another half a dozen guys. You know, you just don't see any of these guys that you're going to want to put on the field unless you have to. So it's it's uh, yeah, a little bit know. scary. We know. On, on a positive, the defensive tackles have been playing well. Vincent Taylor and uh, Gotchow. Right. We figured as much. I mean, that, yeah. that's another strength on the defensive side. You know, we talked about that in some of the earlier podcasts. We, we've got a nice, solid group of defensive tackles. It's, yeah. it's the end position and the linebacking position that I think is going to be a struggle for us, especially the defensive end position. Because, again, there's, it's much like the offensive line. 
You just don't have a lot of depth there, and the starters aren't that good. So, you know, where is it going to come from? You know, the the play. I mean, you've got 11 guys on the field, and, you know, even though you've got, you know, five or six solid players, you're going to have positions where we're just not going to be that strong. And, uh, you know, you can't fix it all in one year, but let's just hope that, you know, with the guys that we have in place and the guys we're putting in place in regard to those tackle positions – you know, solidify the defense, and then we build from there, you know, going in the next year's draft and, you know, free agency class that, you know, we somehow I, get I some I think players. the linebacker position may be coming along. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm more optimistic about the linebackers and our front seven in general than I was, you know, last fall. You know, the addition of Wilkins, and then you've got Godchow and Taylor that are solid in the middle, and then... You know, we did add uh, Van Ginkle, who's a, a pass rushing type outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, we're going to probably be using a, a ever changing defense where you might have three tackles, and then you might have four tackles, and then you might have six DBs, and then you might have three or four linebackers. So they're going to change up the look, and that's going to do a few things. That's going to give maybe one of your tackles a, a rest, a few plays off. Uh, it's going to add a dimension to the offense that they don't know what's coming. You know, are they going to send a linebacker? Are they going to send a defensive back? Who's who's coming for the quarterback kind of thing? And, you know, if you rattle a quarterback, good things happen. So I, I'm, I'm more optimistic about our defense, you know, putting some pressure on the offense than I, than I was last year. Even without uh, a defensive end that can rush? Well... You know, I was in a restaurant the other night and I saw, you know, a Madden EA Sports thing and it said uh, it had Cameron Wake as a Tennessee Titan and it it kind of hurt my heart a little bit, but yeah, I mean, without a dedicated outside rush presence, you do lose something. But how often have you seen an offense game plan to eliminate a JJ Watt or eliminate a Cameron Wake? And you see it time and time again. It, you have to have balance. And, you know, if you just double-team the one bad man, then then you can get away with it. So I'm hoping that this year, you know, we don't have that uh, that type of thing to deal with. And, I mean, you know, Jim, in regard to what you were just saying, you know, when you do have a wake and you do have to prepare for him, it means, you know, sending a guy over there to, to maybe double-team him. When you've got – if you've got your two defensive ends being handled by the two tackles alone, it opens up the rest of the players that are blocking to, you know, they're taking out your blitzing linebackers and stuff like that. You want to have a presence on the field right, to, to where – a couple of people. Right, to where you can send a blitz. You know, if these guys are getting handled one-on-one, you know, it, it takes away that ability to an extent because it frees up guys to block – you know, those blitzers and whatnot. You don't want, you know, you don't want to put, and I understand what you're saying. You're saying we're going to try and get by and, you know, and do some different things. And let's hope that is in fact the case. But I think that can only really take you so far, you know, before, you know, teams start somewhat figuring it out. At some point, you have to have players that are going to be winning battles the majority of the game. And that's, you know, that's inevitably going to win the football game for you. If our ends are getting manhandled, and you know, I I, I tend to think that that is in fact going to be the case this year. 
Um, you know, I, I, I honestly don't know where it's going to come from. Let's hope that the interior yeah, you know, right. creates problems. Say. You, you know? have to hope that Wilk- Wilkins demands a double team well, and maybe uh, somebody else and, and demands let me, well, a double team. Let me ask you this too, guys. Uh, what are your thoughts in regard to maybe keeping one of those tackles on the field in passing situations and putting them they at might, the defensive end? To. Maybe they putting a Wilkins on, on, the, on the right end and doing that. Is that that's a possibility? Correct. Yep. I think you're going to keep him on the field as often as possible. I do. Right. Yeah, you always want to keep your best players on the field. Yep. And, and that's mm-hmm. my thought right along is they're going to put their best tackles, ends, whatever you want to call them. They're going to be on the field the majority of the time. And the other people, the other guys are going to be, you know, substitutions. So he's an athletic kid. He should not have a problem if they move him to end on, you know, on a third down. In passing right. situations. Yeah. And yeah. you have Taylor and uh, Gotchow. At the defensive, t- I mean, you know that's that's a possibility as well. And then, like you said, Jim, you know, you have Van Ginkle on the opposite side rushing the quarterback. You want to see something like that, and maybe that's the best option. And maybe you know we're 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 getting way ahead of ourselves, but I think that you know you have you're going to have to do something like that in order to for them pressure. to generate oh, yeah. pressure because these. You know, unless Charles Harris comes out and just completely Ooh. surprises the hell out of us, and uh, you, know, I, you know, I was Ooh. just getting ready to mention we've got a we've got another guy, Charles Harris, that we've kind of all forgotten about. But yeah, you know, this this defense is going to be suited more to his type of play. So is it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he actually makes a play or two this year. Well, that again, you know, let's. You know what? I can't wait. I mean, I'm really jacked up. I can't wait for these games to start because, you know, as we're watching them, we're going to be like, oh, wow, you know what? We called that. Look at this. They got three defensive tackles on the field in a passing situation, you know, early in the game. You know, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to see what this coaching staff is going to do with the guys that they have because we are going to have shortcomings. We do have positions that we're, we're, we just don't have a lot of depth or, or really good starters at. So it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to see what they do with the hand that's been dealt to them. You know, I'm, yeah, I, th- I'm fired I think up. We're, I think we're all looking forward to it. Uh, yep. I certainly am. I, I know Jim is. And uh, on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and uh, close the show for tonight. Uh, guys, thanks for being here and doing it you're very welcome mr fink yes no worries (laughs) at all enjoyed it and uh i want to thank everyone for listening and we'll uh, see you next week all right so that's our show for this week i just want to remind everyone that the fin fans podcast is part of the dolphinstalk.com podcast network 